Hi everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Happy Customer Channel. I'm your host for this episode, Giacomo Puccini. I have over 20 years experience in the customer service space, handling call center operations across the world. Today, I'll be talking to Erwin Jacobo, who has over 20 years of experience in the customer service space across several industries. So let us dive into his take on making happy customers. This episode is brought to you by Buena Vista Creative, Miami's premier digital marketing agency. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com for more info on how Buena Vista can help your business increase revenue and create the brand and digital presence it deserves. Video and podcast production, web and app development, search engine and social media marketing, logo creation, outdoor, print, swag, and more. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Happy Customer Channel. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Erwin Jacobo, and he's got over 20 years of experience doing a little bit of everything, mainly focused on business development and client services. I'll let him go ahead and tell a little bit about his background. Man, I, th I think you did a great job there. You <laughs> kind of captured everything. Um, yeah, just like Gio said, uh, 20 years of experience under the belt. Did a lot of a lot in those 20 years, a lot of sales background or sales focus initiatives. Uh, and now I find myself in, in the call center space having some fun. Very awesome. And with that, there's a lot of customer interactions when it comes to the call center space. And then when you're doing the business development, there is the whole challenge of bringing on customers. So I guess we can touch on a point. What do you think? Customer acquisition versus customer retention? Wow. I'd like to double click on that subject, right? Love it. Uh, just a deep dive. Acquisition and retention, they, they kind of fall on the same plane, right? It's, it's, it's exciting. It's a big part of the business. If I have to say which one is most exciting to me, it's definitely the acquisition part. It's something about the chase that keeps me motivated, uh, seeing new faces, meeting new people, and creating relationships that are long-lasting. But uh, with that said, it's a perfect segue to the retention part, right? You, you keep your friends around just like I keep my family around, most of them, of course. But uh, the retention part is very important to the business. It's what keeps us, it keeps the blood flowing, keeps the fuel going, uh, and, and keeps it in an exciting place, right? It's it, Seeing clients stay around for 10, 15 of years uh, in a space like this, it really uh, is a stronghold to what our company is and in, in, in our future. So. so what do you feel is the challenge? Because there's always going to be a point where you can only do so much. Because if you're doing both sides of the, the fence, right, acquiring and retaining the customers, it gets to a point where you have too many customers that you have to retain. So what do you do at that point? Or how do you balance your time? Me personally or, or as a company? Um, you personally, or as an individual, what you've seen in your experience gets broader strokes. So that way people who have the same questions that they may be thinking, it can help them look at things at a different perspective and potentially help them make the right decisions as they move forward with their businesses. I mean, the reality is, and if we keep it simple and basic, no business is a problem. <laughs> but when you have a, a robust pipeline and a lot of business coming through that door or sticking with you, that's a great problem to have in, in our reality. And I think that just goes with, uh, with your leadership, right? Uh, we get challenged every single day to not only retain accounts, but nurture new accounts and bring them in. When we have that capability that people are sticking to us, it's a, it's a real strong signal that our operation teams are on cue, our leadership is going in the right direction, and that gives us the opportunity to then further challenge our leadership, our CEOs and our, and our presidents to further expand the business, right? To lay down the pathway and put the right people in the right places so we can continue to grow and, and be that next blockbuster company, right? So I think those are good problems to have, that hyper growth. The hyper growth. And then that's kind of where I was saying there, because you got to figure out where to divide your point, your, your time, because there will be a point where you can't focus on both sides uh, of the coin 
as much because you're going to have too much on your plate. But I love them both so much. I love them both so much. You can't decide. They're like your two children. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a half median. I would love to say that I would that I would just like to focus on bringing in new business, which is very, very exciting to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Creating something out of nothing, uh, hearing those no's and turning them into yeses. Yeah. Uh, but I do find a lot of pleasure in, in, in creating long-lasting relationships as well. So once you get a client that sticks with you, sticks by your side, and, and further creating that relationship or being deeper in that relationship and seeing it blossom is, is really cool, too. I, I really, really honestly cannot pick one. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, when you look at uh, the retention side of things, too, I'd say a big part of it, you still are taking those no's and turning them into yeses. So it's a little bit of the sales side in yeah. it anyway. So you got to keep the customer happy. Yeah. I think, I think there's a book that says that actually a uh, 98% of business is sales. So whether you're selling or you're oh. not selling, if you think you're an option, you're really selling. So everything is, is surrounded around, around sales. So that's what makes it so, so monumental, so great. It's an experience, the whole thing. So. That's true. That's true. Cause I mean, even when you're going through the interview process, like of getting a job, you're selling yourself, you're selling yourself. You're selling yourself. Absolutely. And that's, uh, an interesting part. So how important do you think that sales is a component of every role of the company? Like, do you think it should be a requirement on the interview process that people have some understanding and some focus on sales? Yeah. The human interaction is key to everything, right? Uh, if you could approach yourself and, or no, I guess rather, if you take yourself too serious and you take yourself out of that sales position because you're too good for sales and you kind of do yourself an injustice, right? It, it makes it really difficult for people to buy into you. And the reality, everything you do in business and outside of business, when you create and foster relationships, when you grow a business, when you, it, it all starts with people buying you. So if they don't understand your principle or your direction, they probably won't follow you. And any good leader has people that follow them, right? So essentially they are, they're all great salesmen. Sure. What do you think is the biggest challenge of helping remember some of the core competencies of service that may not be as closely associated to sales because sometimes people you know i'm not sure if i explain myself well right but there are times where sales individuals are have the mindset or there's people that have the mindset that they're so sales focused that the customer doesn't matter it's like i do whatever it takes to get the sales what are your thoughts on that i think right there what you defined was uh, a good salesman versus a salesman Right. Uh, a good salesperson or a respectable salesperson never puts themselves first. Right. It's not the end goal is never to make the sale. There we go. The okay. end goal is always customer satisfaction. When you can have a customer uh, led interaction, when you're really out there for the better good. Right. Uh, when you're presenting valued solutions and, and proposing uh, uh, better outcomes for your customer, then you become a great salesman. But yeah, I do see in, in some experiences, <laughs> I love picking up the phone when we're getting those cold calls and, and those cold emails just to carry that conversation. And I have seen some instances where people become too salesy. Yeah. Uh, and when you become too salesy, you kind of get lost in that Kool-Aid and, and you really become just like everybody else, mm -hmm. right? And, and if we go back to our previous conversation, or our earlier conversation, where we said people buy people, well, people buy one person, people don't buy groups. Right. So if you become just like everybody else, it's going to be really difficult for you to be or stand out. Right. That's so. true. That's a really good quote. So uh, and with that, of course, it, it does. You're kind of creating an overall atmosphere that people are buying into. And you're not just trying to force it down because a lot of times yeah. the numbers become the main focus on sales. When you create sales teams or you got sales quotas that you're trying to create for yourself, 
How strong do you focus on the numbers that you're trying to meet? I mean, the numbers are, are numbers, right? Uh, speaking just sales focused, right? Not operational, just sales. Well, maybe we can blend it in a little bit because uh, I know when, when it comes operationally, because that is a good, good component, because when it goes to operations, a lot of times people don't realize the, the complexity of the metrics that are tied into a good service experience. So it's, it's interesting how you mention it because good service does have to follow metrics and to comply with metrics is kind of tied in with sales. So a thousand percent. I will say that's though, a good, good comeback question. <laughs> I, will, I will say, and I'm happy I kicked that back to you because if it comes to operations, I'd kick it back to you a thousand percent. <laughs> that is not my forte. But when it comes to sales, yeah, yeah. I think uh, any honest, straightforward salesperson is going to tell you that they have goals, right? If you don't have a North star uh, before you wake up, then you're probably not in the right place, but mm -hmm. that's, it's also what keeps you going. It's scary. It's risky. It's all of that, but it's very rewarding at the end. I think, I think we have that famous quote, right? Adoption is, is ugly at the beginning. It's hard in the middle, but it's beautiful at the end. Um, and that's how sales is, right? You have to be able to commit to it. But I think a bigger part of that is having a strong team that, that, that's surrounding you, having the right people in the right places that not just surround you, but believe in you and encourage you to do better. Uh, it really allows you to stay forward thinking in, in that process and really attaches you to your goals when you have a lot of people around you that are striving for the same thing. And then when you have sales uh, uh, colleagues and, 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 and leaders and leadership there that push you towards that goal every single day and, and help you see that vision, it, it makes it a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, I do agree. The goal, the, the North Star, that number is always there in the back of your mind. You should always play for it because it's there. Uh, it could be the difference between you having a job today and tomorrow. That's true. But once you make it a part of your lifestyle, make it fun. It, it becomes just that fun, right? So. And how, how do you come up with these numbers that you create for your sales targets? Oh, man, I believe in the 20% rule, man. Any number that they give me, I always try to go 20% more. Any number that they ask me, I always say that that number's undefined. I always want more to be my number. So if I could do one today, I try to do two tomorrow, and it challenges me, myself. Uh, and then when I create those numbers for other people, I try to make sure that I have like-minded people beside me, mm -hmm. people that want to chase that dream with me, right? Yeah. Um, we can always do better every single day, so I... I wouldn't I, I leave those numbers creations to our presidents and our CEOs and, and, and I do the fun part where I get to go chase it. So I think a lot of people forget that like what you're saying um, is, is all about attitude. Yeah. And people forget that. Like, cause I, I've seen some mediocre salespeople that just do amazing or, or they may come on board on the resume, et cetera, may not look as great, but when they get on there, they got such a good attitude that they just do amazing versus sometimes when you look at a resume, somebody's got top metrics and when you actually get them to do the work, they always find a hurdle like, Oh, but this is too hard. This, 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 this is like, just do the work and everything will work out. Man. I, uh, when I think about my, my vast experience in, in, in history and sales, um, I really commend the company that I work for now. Uh, we have a lot of people there that you, you have a choice when you wake up. Right? You can wake up on the wrong side of the bed, as some say, and you can wake up on the right side of the bed. The reality is that you woke up breathing, so you're already, you're already winning. Like, how much better than that does it get, right? Yeah. You get to share that experience. And, and the reason I bring the company that I'm in, I work for now into the mix is because they allow you to recognize that. They push you forward just by your presence, right? We re reward people on behavior. We re reward people because of who they are. 
and everything else follows, right? You give them the right path and the right people will take that path and the wrong people will, will ex exit themselves out, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing and it, it's, it's, it's a lot about attitude. So working with people that have that same attitude and that same atmosphere, again, kudos to, to the company I work for because we put the right people in the right places, right? And we've continued to do so and grow a company in that way and that, that's why our, our success comes the way that it does. And that's something clearly that is not built overnight. I'm sure no. it took a lot of trial and error till they got the right atmosphere so that way people feel comfortable and don't require a lot of prodding and babysitting. Yeah. I mean, people that came before me can tell you the stories uh, and, and people that have come after me can tell you what they've seen, right? So it's their, their perception of, of the business. I can tell you personally what I've seen has been amazing. Like the way that we categorize people, the way that we empower individuals. And I'm not just talking about C-level C executives. I'm not talking about director level. I'm not talking about manager level. I've seen our staff, I've seen our colleagues give the, the receptionist the ability to make strategic business decisions at its capacity, of course. We're not trying to say, you know, let's buy a new building and give that to the front desk. But our front desk lady, yeah, our front <laughs> desk lady pretty much runs our site or the site that they're in, right? And and it's very empowering, and, and it's what keeps people motivated. They're they're a piece of the bigger picture, uh, and and again, kudos to our leadership that allows us and have has set that in stone for everybody to be a part of it. That's very cool. And I know right now your main focus is on selling a service, and it's a high ticket service. So on, on there, I know there are variances between selling a high ticket item versus a low ticket item. Wait one second, Gio. Uh, I had a promise to somebody in our organization that they said, "How long was I going to go without saying I play baseball?" So I just want to let everybody know I play baseball. Okay, so there you go. Cats out of the bag. How about that? All right. Sorry about that. Go play, ahead. play or played? Uh, played, played. Definitely not played. Uh, played, 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 played. So I think that gave us about. 15, 20 minutes before the conversation before I said it. So there we go. I think that's like a record, right? It's a good yeah, play. That's, that's good, a good entry point. Yeah, that's a record. So, and then this was like uh, T-ball or something like that? Or oh, man. Because <laughs> you're a pretty small guy. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, sitting right next to me on the camera, you can tell that you're much <laughs> It might as well be <laughs> T-ball. That's, that's probably the end of my great days in baseball. But, yeah, I did have the, the, the ability uh, uh, to play professional baseball at, at its capacity. Uh, kudos actually to the person that drafted me, Pedro Grafol. He's actually awesome. now uh, been promoted to the um, manager of the Chicago White Sox. Wow. So officially, I've become a Chicago White Sox fan. Um, so again, kudos to him if he's watching this. Shout out to the White Sox. Great pickup. Marlon should have done it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I did get the, the, to play at a, at a very uh, high level and, and, and been very competitive there and, and have been able to actually translate that into business as well. And I've actually heard and seen that before, um, where individuals who have very challenging backgrounds, whatever it is, whether it's sports or chess, I, there's a lot of different places where you can challenge yourself. They just create these certain habits and mindsets that translate to a different level of work ethics. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I, man, I think if, well, I have a son, and in raising my son, one of the biggest builders of character is sports. Right. Uh, and, and it's not just one sport in specific. It's all of them mm -hmm. uh, being able to work together as a team. That's what you do in business. Being able that's to true. be in the low spots and make your way out. It's a big part of business. Being able to be at the top of the top and stay there. That's the biggest part of business. Right. And stay humble and too. stay humble on while you're up there. That's another sure. huge point. A good point to bring up. 
Um, so you, all, you have all those facets that you, you get to discover at an early age every single day in sports. And I feel like it's very overlooked and underappreciated when we're raising our children. We're so focused and hyper-focused on saying, go to school, what school are you going to? Uh, pick, a, pick a career, what, what career are you picking or, or, or degree are you picking? And really, if we go back to the fundamentals, it's, it's about your upbringing, right? And I mm-hmm. think sports played a significant role in that with who I am today, right? I'm not saying that I'm the utmost successful and a billionaire, not yet, but uh, <laughs> hopefully one day, right? But, um, but yeah, man, it's allowed me to, to be myself and be comfortable within myself and work with an organization as a team and, and really help build others as well. That's a great that. point. Um, who, who is it? I believe it's Will Smith really encourages his kids to run a certain distance every single day, right? Yeah. Have you heard about that? Yeah, it's challenging, man. It's, it's, it's sometimes doing the things that you don't want to do that make you who you want to be, right? So yeah. I think that falls in line with that. Yeah. And I think one thing that you brought up that's different than maybe what Will Smith is doing, he's doing a good job at forcing them to do things that they may not want to do. But the component that you were mentioning about the, the team cooperation it is a huge part that sometimes people don't think. Because when you're on a team, like a, a baseball team, if you're not working well with your, your teammates, it can, you're even strong. if you have the best team, you have one person who doesn't carry. Can you're as strong as your weakest link, man. Uh, and that's what team really, really shows you, right? Teamwork, team building, team in its entirety. Uh, and and you, you're going to see those challenges, again, not just in business, but in life, right? If you're the weakest person in your household, your household is probably not going to be as strong as it could be. It's true. Um, it, it teaches you to pull your own weight. And more importantly, it teaches you when somebody else isn't how to help them get there. So, yeah, 100%. And how to manage everything as well, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, shout out to Will Smith. He does a lot of great things. Man. He does. Yeah, he does. I, I've, I've really followed him along the way. He's had his recent uh, <laughs> activities, uh, but man, he's he's really honorable to he's he's a real pleasure to see and grow and and a lot of good things from him. Yeah. So exactly what you're saying, you know, team is a very big part of a team. And then what are what <laughs> are some of the challenges? <laughs> so what are some of the challenges you've had on kind of getting the right people in the right places? Because you you said in order to be successful in your role, you have to have all these different groups that help you out. So dude, man, I've I've, I've lived both sides. I, I'd lie to say that I wasn't on the worst teams. Um, I'd lie to say that I was always the best player on those teams. I'd lie to say that I've always been on an all-star squad, right? Um, I've, I've seen it all. Um, but you get to learn from all of them, which is most important, right? That's and it's a, it's, a, it's a life lesson in every single circumstance that you're put in. Um, man, I've been in situations where I've been the one that wasn't carrying the weight. Um, and what I learned from that was that that's not an experience that I want to give, right? I want to be, it made me realize that there was this one guy in front of me always working hard and pushing, pushing his weight, rather the team was doing great and doing bad. And uh, it, it opened my eyes to a new world. And then I, I wanted to mimic and become that person. So kudos to that person. He was a great leader. Uh, and then I got to transfer into being in that role. Uh, in that same team, I saw it grow to being a, a, a mediocre team just because I started pulling my own weight. And then when I learned to do that, I learned to also bring other people with me. And those people that weren't pulling their weight, teaching them how to get there. And, and really taking my time to understand people in its entirety, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I saw that team further develop in, in years and years of, of, of that effort and become probably one of the best teams in, 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 in that company. So it's an experience. 
And then I've also been blessed to be on all-star teams and, and be a great player and all that kind of stuff. But it's an experience. It's a full circle experience, and you can definitely learn something from every side. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say who you are today is who you're going to be forever. Right. So you definitely have to work on refining and staying on top of the on top of the class and, and whatnot. But if you're in a bad place right now and, and you're just listening to this podcast, I want to inspire you to do just a little bit more. Grab an audio book. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy. I do it every day. It's it's really condensed my reading style. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It almost feels like cheating. It is. It like is. When, when I'm Chico. looking at a book, I'm like, oh, I read that. Well, I didn't really read it, did I? I mean, dude, I me and it. me and Joe Rogan are best friends. I listen to it every day. I, spoke, I had conversations with Elon Musk, dude. This is all what the internet is for, is for man. If, if we don't take advantage sure. of it, we're losing. Right? And, and and that's the beautiful thing. Very about fortunate time we're in. We are. We are. We can we can either take advantage of it or let it take advantage of us. So it's our Absolutely. choice. So going back, I, I want to kind of touch on a uh, double click, as you were saying earlier, on <laughs> the difference between when, when it comes to sales performance, sometimes you got the high ticket items, the lower cost items when it comes to selling. There's a whole different approach to that. What are your thoughts on the differences? So if there's people listening today on the podcast, some are going to have the high ticket items, other are going to have the low ticket items. How should they approach things differently? From a sales perspective or from the client perspective? Uh, both, from the overall business scope. Um, and w when you say client's perspective, what do you mean the client's perspective? So the customer coming in as a client, as a customer. To uh, you, item. Yeah, you always have a budget. You always have an idea of what you need and yeah. want, right? You have your list, your checklist of things that this is what I want, this is what I need, and I need to get it for this price. And then to kind of interject, I guess, you're saying from the customer's perspective, the client's perspective, you're saying this because when you, whenever you kind of create a sales plan, you're always putting yourself in the customer's feet. 100%. Before 100%. You forward, right? I, uh, uh, so, yeah, they come with their whole book of objectives and what they want or what they think they want, which is most important because I, I, I don't think as, a, as being in this seat that anybody ever knows what they really want until it's put in front of them in one, it's either too late or two, they took too much. Right. So too my job too late or too late one, it's either too late because uh -huh. they've already made the decision and that's it. Okay. Or two, they realize that they don't even need all of that or they needed more. Right. So in the sales process, the most important part for me is the discovery phase, understanding who I'm sitting in front of, mm. what their decision making capabilities are, making sure that I'm in front of the right person. Right. And then I like to address their, 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 needs versus their wants, right? And then find a happy median and provide a perfect solution. I don't address solutions based on budget, right? Because sometimes your budget could be too high and it's very unjust for me to take more than what we really need, right? It just won't let me sleep at night. But, um, and that's personal, right? Some people like to upsell, 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 but if you don't need it, you don't need it. I like to accommodate to their specific needs, right? If you come, I'm in the call center space. So if you come here because you were with call center Y and you were being upcharged and it's way out of budget, then my real questions are, what do you, what do you exactly use? What do you need? What are your KPIs? What's the volume? Let's get into the nitty gritty of things, right? Or you have that same scenario where you're with company X and they're just not doing a good job. Right. They're not meeting your KPIs. They're, they're not helping you look good. So uh, the business is really being fractured, uh, fractured because of that. I also want to measure that as well. What, and, what about the ones who's got just no idea at all? They're like, I am. I also measure that as well. Because <laughs> I'm sure there's those people that are like, for you, for example, you're saying you're in the call center space. So there's those customers who are grinding on the phone. They, they're small business or medium business sized 
owners and they're just grinding on the phones all day. They have no break, no rest. And they're like, man, it would be amazing for me to be able to hire some employees. I don't have the time to interview. I don't have the time to source. But then there's a solution there where they can get help. Man, they don't know about it, right? I'm very fortunate to work for a financially healthy company that we can, I mean, we mitigate risk. We don't want to take a risk with a company that's not going to make it, right? But we're, we're able to put ourselves in front of that because our end goal is to provide a perfect solution. Mm-hmm. Not, It's not always going to be the most cost-effective solution. It's not always going to be the most expensive, right? Um, but it's going to be the perfect solution for each and every customer. Nothing is cookie cutter. It's always tailored and specific to their needs. That's why our discovery process is so lengthy. Our implementation process is so in-depth. Uh, the team that we put for each individual account, it's its not a preset team. It's mm. based on personality. It's based on the client's needs. So when we go into those interactions and going back to what I said earlier, is that I want to take every conversation like it's brand new. It's not price-based. It's not what you think you need or it's not what I think you need. It's the reality. We, we peel the onion back, we take the, the, the teary eyes, and then we get through it, and at the end of it, we have this, this beautiful potluck with, with an assortment of flavors that everybody gets what they want, and, and hopefully the end goal is that everybody's happy, right? Uh, my biggest thing to my clients is, man, if I can make them look good, then I look good, right? Yeah. So uh, that's our, 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 biggest, our biggest component to the business, and that's what makes us stand out. We're, we're very people-focused, uh, but we're also smart about what we do. So how do you do it? Let's say there's a couple challenges I'm sure that come up more often or certain uh, things that you need to rebut. And I'm assuming one of them is price, right? And you so say much you, don't, you don't really focus on that. No. But it is it comes up a lot. So how do you get around it? <sighs> Hopefully by the time we, we, we speak about price, I've presented enough value. Okay. Right? I've, I've shared, shared with them the experience of what it, a cheap solution looks like. Maybe they've learned themselves in the past. Uh, and I've also shared with them what an ex- what what, what uh, an expensive solution looks like. Maybe they've learned in the past, right? Mm-hmm. So you have both sides, and I want to be not just in the middle of pricing, but I want to be at the top of the solution, right? Your your cheap is probably lacking performance. Your expensive is probably last, lacking personality. Yeah, right. Uh, and and I think we do a very good job of, of of encompassing both, owning both, and then providing that value add to each of our partners. Awesome. And I think people forget that when creating the price or creating it is not focused on price, first of all. Of course, if you're doing like a very low cost item, it may be like 99 cents, come on, just buy all day. And they don't have any sales cycle because it's a decision that the clients make. By all means, I've been in situations where I give the perfect solution. Let's not think that it's all perfect, right? Where you give the perfect or the ideal solution and the client says, man, that's great, but I can't afford it. And then you start to peel back the onion a little bit more and you start saying, all right, so what are the, what are your priorities? Yeah. And let's create some line items. And then you start taking one out, taking one out, and then you start seeing performance balance out Mm -hmm. and it makes it easier for that customer to go back and say, Hey, I think we need to throw a little bit more on this budget because this is where we want to be. This is where we're at. And this is where they're at. And again, having the opportunity and being fortunate enough to work for a company that's in the position that we're in. Mm -hmm. We want to really align ourselves to be a strategic value add for our customers yeah. or for our, our clients. So when I say that is sometimes we, we, we offer certain tools that are very high quality, high value, and our clients are not just there right now. Maybe it's because of faith. Maybe it's because they just don't believe the process just yet. 
we're okay with piloting that and in, in, in our company to, uh, uh, eating the costs so they can <laughs> so they can taste the pudding, right? It's smartest marketing man in the world told me the proof is not in the pudding. It's actually tasting it. We want them all to taste it. We want, we want you to see and believe what we do just as much as we do. Especially if they've never done it before. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because that's one of the biggest challenges that people understand. And I like how you focus a lot on the value selling. You, for, you don't focus on the price, first of all, because I think a lot of people make that mistake when they're trying to go through the sales or explain to the customers. They say the price too early on, and then at that point, the customer doesn't even want to have the meeting, but they haven't really uncovered. So if I say, hey, you should buy this mug, this mug's amazing, and you're like, I don't need a mug, but if I explain to you what the needs and the benefits, so I know they call a lot of places, they call it fabs, mm -hmm. features, um, features and benefits. Features and benefits. Yeah. So if you don't understand what is included and what you're getting, then you may just say no straight out. But when you've got a better idea and you realize that it really fills a need that you yeah. need, then you yeah. may move forward. That's yeah. the tasting the pudding. That's the, that's, the, that's the taste. That's the, that's the real secret sauce, right? And, and we also do a very good job. And why we don't fall into those discussions, we, we, we have a strong belief that money doesn't last forever, mm -hmm. right? You keep mm -hmm. chasing the money, you'll just go in circles. Uh, but most importantly, we want to make sure that our partners are good partners, not just financially well-off partners or big logos and big brands, but we want them to fit our culture too, right? It's, it's when you date somebody, it's just as important as that, that they are a good fit for you as that you are a good fit for them. And we do a good job. Our, our, our sales team, our VP, our, our president, our CEO, they do a good job of vetting those things, mm -hmm. right? Not just financially, but from a personality perspective, right? Really deep diving into the business and what's going to benefit and influence our business 10 years from now. And can we be that influence to their business? Sometimes it doesn't make sense. We've had to let go of very good opportunities because it just, it's just not the right time. And, um, and, and we, we can get back to it in the future or maybe, maybe even we're not ready for it. Right. And mm -hmm. we're just that realistic that we can let go of that to better position ourselves for the next client, right? And I think even, especially speaking to some of the smaller or medium-sized businesses, when they have a certain client, it, it can be very scary yeah. to let go of that client. Because you're like, man, that, that person has given me 10% of the revenue. If I lose them, how am I going to offset it? And they just never want to let it go. But I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes it's just best to let it go. Yeah. Just got to do it. And, and kudos, to, to, <laughs> kudos to the way our organization put together, man. No, no. No one client owns that big percentage of our business. That's and we have some very, very big clients. But I think the, the, the biggest uh, thing for us is to be able to level the playing field mm -hmm. so we can provide an equal opportunity and, and equal efforts to all of our clients, right? So we want to give them first-in-class service so we make sure that everybody's on the same play, playing field so we can do that. And I've been in the call center industry for a long time as well, so I've also seen where, there's, <laughs> <laughs> I've also seen where there's been companies that come up, they grow, but they don't understand some of the basics yeah. of that being spread out and then they get a huge client it something doesn't work out they get hit and then financially it ends up it, it can cr it can crush them yeah i've seen so many just disappear overnight um so having that understanding to be spread out don't put all your eggs in one basket is very wise but also analyzing all of your customers don't be so dependent or don't feel so reliant that you're like i have a customer i can't let them go i have to the customer is not always right. <laughs> no, there, there are times where we do want to do what's best for them, but we also got to evaluate like the overall weight between like this is what we bring to the table and this is what we expect you to bring to the table. And we got to work together. It yeah, it has to be a partnership. It, it's it's a marriage at one point. Mm -hmm. you, we want to date the right people. We, I mean, 
And you, you spend more time with them than you do with your family members. Come on, you know, like you, you, you wouldn't tell your kid to just date anyone just because they have the cutest face or, or, or the cutest background, right? You, you want brain. to date the right person. Yeah, <laughs> the right person. Get somebody that's smart. That's going to make them better, right? And I think we've done a good job of positioning ourselves to get logos in our portfolio that make us better, that challenge us, right? I, I have a few clients in specific that I know have helped us move the needle, uh, whether it be for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons, but they're strategically there and have taught us life lessons in this space that have helped us evolve tremendously in such short time. Yeah. But then again, they're also the same ones that, despite giving hard times, stuck with us through the hard times. Yeah. The whole COVID era when, when there was so much uncertainty, they gave us the keys to the car. They said, keep driving. Yeah. Um, and when you have to have that right relationship so that they correct. can understand that, that the decisions correct. are not overly biased for one party or the other. And like, I think a lot of people, when they focus on the sales, they sometimes only see, okay, a lead came in and then either sell or no sell. But there is a lot of legwork from, from start of a lead to sold. Would you not agree? A thousand percent. Um, and, and, and that also, the maturity of the business plays a big piece of that, okay. right? You, and what you're selling them. Yeah. Um, you, you, you get to funnel leads, you get to, to see the life cycle of that lead coming in. And when you're, when you're in a startup position where you're trying to make it, when you're trying to create a business from nothing, man, every, every, every reach out is dear. You want to talk to everybody. Right. Uh, and then but that's where some small and mid-sized businesses can make a huge mistake Yeah, because they feel like every single lead, especially when they pay for it. Cause yeah. some, I know there's some small mid-sized businesses that they're paying $50 per lead or there's this or level even 100 there's this level of optimistic that that next one is the right one right and, and but also and, if you're spending that much for a lead you don't want to let it go you're yeah, like I exactly. paid 50 bucks for it I'm going to get 50 That's bucks how much worth. I would pay for lunch I'm going to make I'm getting this 50 work. bucks worth yeah. yeah but then you have the smarter people right uh, and I and I hate to say it that way you have the people that are better at it right that start understanding what a lead actually is right mm -hmm. Uh, if you already see by that conversation that or that reach out that they're not the perfect one, sometimes it's just best not to yeah. either have an automation automated message go out or just not waste time with it, right? Uh, and I think this goes back to the the, the critical component of having the right systems and the right processes put in play early on. And as a new business or a mid mid medium or a uh, small size business, it can be a big challenge to sometimes consider those things because you have so many things going on at the same time, but you got to organize your thoughts. You got to organize yeah. the process and then build the right systems into place. So that way, like you were saying, have the plan. funnels and the auto responders. So that way a lead that would otherwise have been dead, if you just receive it, and you don't have time for it. It can still kind of be matured or nurtured through the system. You either have to have a proper plan or you're just planning to fail. Mm -hmm. right? That's, that's the bottom line. Uh, so we, we, we get to experience both. So, Well, perfect. So that's been a lot of good insight, uh, helping us understand sales, the approach, some of the concepts. And again, thank you so much for joining us today on the Happy Customer Channel. This is Erwin Jacobo. I'm Giacomo Puccini. It's a pleasure, dude. Well, thanks yeah, for being here. Stay classy, Miami. <laughs> thanks for watching this episode. Please like, subscribe, and share this video with your friends if you enjoyed it. And look out for the next episode of the Happy Customer Channel.